0: the Skipely and Sawate Omnes. Welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. Got another Q&A, uh, but these are all personal questions and I thought that the some of these were actually very interesting. Appreciate uh being thrown these questions because I feel like it gives you guys a little bit uh more about who I am as a person and what I've come to realize is that what I love about podcasting, what I love about listening to podcasts and listening to conversations uh, with people or like, you know, podcasts that are just conversational based, I feel like I get a peek into their own life. I feel like they in turn are kind of my friends in a way because I know a lot about them. They share a lot about, you know, what's going on in their life maybe or, you know, their ideologies or their beliefs or uh, their lack thereof or, whatever. But, um, you know, I was thinking about it and, you know, I consider y'all my friends as well. Maybe you guys know a little bit more me about me than I know about you, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm, I, I hope that this gives a little semblance as to who I am. You know, I'm a teacher, I'm a podcaster, I'm a 27 year old dude. Um, I can't believe I'm almost going to be 28 in less than a month. Jeez. Um, And, uh, you know, I I love language. I love linguistics. But the reason why I love all these things is, you know, you know, I've I've all too often had to fight people respectfully, the fact that I teach a dead language or that, you know, people reduce me into, you know, this trope or like this, you know, like, oh, this guy's like really like nuanced and, you know, he's really niche and blah, blah, blah. And Latin teachers are probably old and archaic and they probably have antiquated thinking and they're all worried about grammatical constructions and perfect passive participles and pe- passive paraphrastic and skip it. a And that's not really me. I mean, at Latin is a part of me, but what I really want people to understand about the reason why I love Latin, the reason why I love life, sometimes life is hard, but I still love it. And why I love everything going on around me is because Latin has just given me the the ability to, or it's amplified everything around me. It hasn't given me the ability. Latin itself has amplified um, the way I see the world. And I think that the more critical we think, the more we we throw ourselves into different disciplines where we go outside of our framework, where we, you know, like I did some car maintenance today. That's definitely out of my framework. You know, it's, it's about like engaging those neural networks, not doing the same monotonous thing over and over and over and over and over again. It's about understanding that we are dynamic human beings. We are these creatures. We are so capable of so much. And our life is inundated with so much information, so much to take and glean from that is important stuff that you don't need and that you can just kind of sift out of there and you can just throw it away and, and that's okay. And, you know, that's why I say, you know, if you don't like what I have to say on this podcast, the beautiful thing about it is that you can go ahead and stop right now and you can leave, you can leave the, the, the browser that you're in right now. You can do tappity, tappity, tap. And hey, if you even feel as limited or that I made you upset or something like that, because I said something maybe a little problematic, I don't know, then you go and you give me a rating of one star. I don't care. You know, that's the beauty of it. But at the end of the day, you know, what I also see is those people that, you know, don't like inputting the content that they listen to on um, the interwebs over the ethers. Um, they listen to it even though they don't like it in order to just uh, for them to just go back on the attack. Um, It's just not necessary. Don't input information that you don't enjoy or that you're not gaining anything from other than just making you mad and making you want to take up arms unless you're uh, uh, that's your cause. Is that your purpose in this world in order to just tell people that they're wrong and whatever? Like if that's the case, then more power to you. But you probably don't have a lot of friends because of that or if you have a lot of friends um i would be wary as to how loyal they are at the end of the day or if they're kind of somebody that would definitely uh you know i the reason uh, the way that i think about a a friend is like you know like i i, I want those ride or die people in my life i need close knit deep interconnected people in my life that are going to amplify my life as well. That's what relationships are. That's the importance about relationships. That's the importance about, um, socializing in general, something that we're not doing as much anymore. And I just listened to a long podcast. Um, I really like Andrew Huberman. Andrew Huberman is just this really rock and awesome dude. I think that he is, um, he's humble. He like, I know that he's uh, like, I'm, I'm starting to see him like doing the ads for the size and it's kind of taking me off, but like, that's what happens when you gain a lot of traction. You, you start to, you know, entertain ads, you start to enter, entertain other audiences and you can't always appease everyone that you want to appease. That heavy is the heart that bears the crown, right? And at the end of the day. You just get another ramble, bamble, but also like, this is who I am. Latin is just an aspect of me. Something about you, it, it like, th- like lifting for me. It's not my identity. People tend to make lifting and working out their identity. It's not my identity. It's a part of my life that amplifies my life to make me live uh, more holistically. Biking biking can be a little bit more of my identity because I love biking so much and it helps me just to be out in the open world that comforts me so much. But at the end of the day, it's not my identity. My faith is not my identity. It's an aspect of who I am. It's a part of me, it amplifies my life. But the problem is is that we are being so coerced to think that everything needs to be our identity. It doesn't need to be our identity. And I know that that's hard to say because I think about my, you know, my Mormon friends back in Utah where, you know, breaking out of the Mormon church, that was their identity. But that's because they were grown up into the church. They were surrounded by the church. They were inundated by the church. They were inundated by their parents, their siblings, their friends, their family, their community. Everything was about Mormonism. So how can you not feel like it's a part of your identity with and when everything around you is that, you have no br- bandwidth to think otherwise, right? That's why all my friends across the board, once they started asking the whys, that's when everybody told them to not ask the whys, quote unquote. I will uh, that is like literally verbatim from so many people that I've talked to back in um, all my all my friends that were Mormon that were no longer Mormon. In fact, all my like I've said in utah when i was in logan in utah i had mormon friends but those mormon friends um well i had a lot of mormon friends but they were more acquaintances um and my my closer mormon friends had grown up outside of the uh outside of utah right they understood how to assimilate into culture and understood that mormonism is just just like any other religion it's not everything the end-all be-all it's just another, another one. Sorry, not sorry. Am I, am, am I saying something that you don't already know? Yes. There are more than just one religion. All right. Sorry. Um, and that we have to also understand that uh, like life is anthropologic. It's cultural who I am is not the same person that's chilling in India right now or in Russia or whatever and, and they don't have the same framework they don't have the same ideologies they don't even maybe they didn't, didn't even give the uh, uh, weren't given the information and the opportunity to even learn about those ideologies i don't know i'm going to leave it there i'm kind of done but that being said i just want you guys to know you can be so dynamic. Think about the Renaissance man back in the day. The Renaissance man wasn't tied to one thing. They were multifaceted. And that's what I wanna be in this world. I wanna be able to help. And sometimes that's helped through my Latin instruction. Sometimes that's helped through my my life my experiences my anecdata as i like to say i don't know i'm a very data-driven person you guys know me i say things that are pragmatic i say things that are logical that i've sussed through my mind to the nth degree i do not i don't do what i did before where i just kind of jumped on the bandwagon because i've done that in the past i've talked about that before where i just kind of fell fell in line with everybody else. And I just don't want to do that anymore. That's not who I am. I'm strong. I know that I'm strong. I know that I'm capable. I know that in the past, I didn't think that about myself because I had been told that my empathy would cripple me. I had been told that I was soft, that I was easy to pick on. Like all my friends always told me how I was so easy to pick on and how I was so easy to make fun of. You know, I've gone through these iterations in my life to come to this point where I know who I am. And I'm continually trying to figure out more about who I am because I'm still searching. I'm still developing my identity as I grow into this world because you know I've lost my identity and then I've had to regain my identity and then I've lost aspects of it. And then I've lost aspects of who I am. Maybe when I've been in relationships where I've lost myself and I've allowed myself to kind of take on a different persona that I didn't, that I wasn't okay with. the the one thing that I've realized in my life is that when I've allowed resentment to creep up in my life, it's that I've allowed my boundaries to be crossed. It's that I've allowed things to go unchecked, even though I've said that they're okay, when I knew that they really weren't okay for me. I can't be a yes man like that anymore, because at the end of the day, that builds the resentment in my life that ends up coming to a boiling point, And then I lose that relationship. So, you know, don't do that. Resentment. It's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. It's killing you. It kills you. It eats you up. So with that being said, that's all I have. Let's get on into the episode and the Q and A, and I'll stop my actual ramble, bambling. Even though I already said that about five minutes ago. All righty. So, getting into our first question here from Curly: uh, What is one thing you would never change about yourself? Um, one thing that would that I would never change about myself. I like this question. Probably. I think that I'm a very understanding person. I think I come from a very understanding place. I always seek to understand other people. That's why I try to have these conversations. Sometimes people don't want to have the conversations. Sometimes people throw ad hominems at me, tell me that I'm skippity bippity bop or blah, 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 and then I choose not to engage with that. But everything that I do in my life, I lead with love. And I know this, I know that I'm a, I, I, I'm, I'm this softy soft person. I really am. It's, it's come full circle, you know, growing up, having, you know, uh, a a dad that, you know, really imbued, especially in my adolescence, the aspect of being a man and what it was being a man shoving down emotions, being stoic, being the tortured soul of Clint Eastwood. I don't know, but at the end of the day, you know, I've talked about how I, Grappled with this so much because I'm a pretty fe- feelsy dude. I'm a sensitive guy, you know. I'm an empathetic guy. I really am. I know that. I mean, I had a teacher when I was a little kid tell me that my empathy would cripple me. Every single time I've told people that, they're like, that's like the crappiest thing that a teacher could ever tell you. And I'm like, yeah, you know. But still, like I've said, that empathy may uh, may have crippled me in certain situations in the past, but you know what? It may. It may allow people to take advantage of me sometimes, but then if I know that those people have taken advantage of me, that's when I come back and I stick up for myself. Something that I've learned and come into terms with, with myself because I had been this little you know, bullied a kid. You know, like I I said in the intro, I was this person that was easily picked on. I was, you know, at a lisp. The girls always made fun of me for that. You know, girls made fun of me a lot. Like I felt so inadequate from either my male friends or girls. I remember I had girls that I would have crushes on in the past and they figured out that I had crushes on them and uh, they would bully me because I was weird. And they were like, oh, the audacity of him to have a crush on me. I'm like, I've, I've really, I've, I've really been humbled in my life and it's been hard, but I've also come to understand that all of those situations have, have helped me to be the person that I am today. I'm strong. I don't, I don't deal with BS. I, I will, I, I stand up for myself. And I can also be soft and I can lead with a really heavy heart. My students know, like when I throw down the quote unquote gauntlet in class, it's an entirely different deal. My students look at me, they're like, oh, we messed up. They know because they know who I am. Because you can both lead as a nurturing, very caring, very loving, very gentle man because masculinity is also an aspect of femininity and that's where we don't why don't we why don't we think about this stop dying on the hill of being this macho man s- uh, trucks and guns and you know i'm i, I only eat steak and i that that's man you know like the typical broey stuff that you think that if you were to say to other people they'd be like oh yeah that's a man oh yeah i cut my steak with a Pug, no, I don't know. I don't you know. I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting off on it a little bit, but have we not forgotten the beautiful, the beautifulness of being a father and when that man becomes a father and that man holds their ch- baby, newborn child for the first time in their life, if they're a good freaking dad, they're going to embrace that femininity. They're going to embrace the nurturing because that's what it is. Being a man is about being masculine and being strong, but also being tender and being nurturing. Because dads are not showing up in this world right now, you guys. Like I'm seeing it with my boys. Good God, it's like we need we need better role models. And then I'm I'm looking online and I'm seeing these stupid people like Andrew Tate don't even get me started, man. I will, f- I will go off on a, a, a stupid, stupid individual. And some of my high school kids are looking up to this guy. What the heck? I mean, the guy's in jail for uh, sex trafficking. Would you say that that is a, a role model? I mean, we have all these people that are being thrown into the face of our young men and they're they're taking that and they're like, that's, that's what it is to be a man. Right. There's this weird counterculture that I'm seeing right now where men think that, and, and it's weird. It's like, it comes from this, this deep seated anger. And a lot of that deep deep seated anger is actually directed towards women. A lot of the time, oddly enough. And I'm like, dudes, I thought you guys were straight. I thought you guys loved women. Like, why are you guys talking all this crap and being so misogynistic and crappy and awful? I hate it. I don't know why we can't have this revolution of understanding what it is to be a man. I mean, I'm just seeing it clear nowadays because I'm just, you know, who are all the people that are shooting up all the places right now? I, it, it's insane, like you know, over the you know, the July Fourth weekend and all that stuff. You know, all you know. I at this point, I'm really trying to just avoid my NBC nightly news recap of Lester Holt because it sounds like he just has another mass shooting to to address. And it's some, it's some, you know, off the rocker kid, dude, whatever takes gun, does the deal no consequences. Why is this happening? Why is it happening strictly with men? Why can we not take a step back here and understand that there is something going on where we we, we need to lift these guys up? We need to give them the proper, the proper, they just need to be seen. I don't know. I, I don't have an, I, I don't have a, um, a situ or a solution to this, but To bring it back full circle, Curly, which I appreciate your question because I think I was able to kind of talk about more than just what I wouldn't change about myself, but what I wish people embraced more in our culture nowadays is that I'm a sensitive, sensitive, feelsy, empathetic dude. I'm soft, but I'm hard. I'm malleable, but I'm also titanium, I can throw down that gauntlet and don't let don't make me do it because I will. And people know, I don't argue. I don't, I'm not combative as a person, but if you take advantage of me or if you start to exploit my good nature and my empathy, that's when I take, I, you know, I go for full circle and you're going to reap what you sow, bud. Sorry, not sorry. Thanks again, Curly. Next question from The Meme Den. What's something you wish you could erase from your memory forever? Oh, that's a really good one. God, I don't know, man. Sometimes I wish that I could erase the memory of getting sick. Because I know that there is this because uh, I think that there's this love affair with everybody talking about trauma and how everything's trauma nowadays. But you know, I think that there that there are serious traumas in our life that get embedded, and that's one of them. Because ever since I got sick, it's altered my life. And I wonder if I could just erase it from my memory and just not even think about the fact that I was sick. Would I? Would I still be anxious all the time? Would I be? you know, dealing with all these other, you know, mental factors that are associated with my chronic illness. I don't know. I think that's really hard. What could I erase from my memory forever? I wish I could tell you more, but I'm not going to get that deep here. Thanks. Thanks to Meme Den. Let's get into our next question. Billy. Billy. Billy asks, what's your formula for healing up uh, from challenging situations? Ooh. Oh, this is kind of vague, though. Like, uh, I, I'm not sure if you're referring to challenging situations, like between relationships, friendships, uh, events, maybe. It's all about reflection, self reflection. And, uh, something that I'm trying to get better at is not beating yourself up over it. There's no reason to. Something about healing from anything that you may be grappling with is that it iterates through phases. It's like grief, sadness, anger, all these things wax and they wane, they fluctuate like a wave. right? Fluctuate coming from flux. Remember when we're talking about acid reflux, flux referring to the flowing of everything just flows. It ebbs and it flows. That's what life is. And it's about reflecting on past events and trying to make yourself proud from one aspect of that remember it's about these small wins that you build up through time that's how you gain confidence and that's what i've i've tried to imbue in my latin class is that all my students come in they're like oh my god latin's rigorous blah blah this and that i remember i would i i want these i want i want my students to tell me that latin is easy because all my students come into latin thinking that it's going to be hard and when they in turn Reframe it and they're like, wow, this is actually easy. It's like, yeah. Didn't you say otherwise before though? But now you've proved yourself wrong, which is cool because then you reflect on that and you realize that you kind of feed yourself the worst and you're your own se- uh, worst critic and that you can you can think yourself out of doing something, right? Sometimes you just got to do it. Not even think about it. F it. Do it. Say yes. Put yourself out there. The more challenging the situations are, the more you're going to grow from them, regardless of. I've been through a lot of really hard times in my life. And those hard times were really hard. And they were really hard when I was embedded in them. But then when I realized and look back on them, the way that I got through those hard times was through small successes of mine that helped me build that confidence. That con meaning with, Fidens coming from Fideo essentially, which means faith. Confidence is just building faith with oneself again. That's what it means etymologically. So that's what it is. Confidence doesn't just happen like that. It's a process. And you have to understand that It's not about going balls to the wall because then you're gonna burn yourself out and then you're gonna look back and you're like, darn it. Back to square one. Be kind to yourself. And that being kind is the ultimate formula for healing in any way, shape, or form. Kindness, understanding, kindness to people and to yourself. Be kind. I just see so people, so many people that are just not kind, not understanding. That's an aspect of me that I'll never change is that I know that I'm kind and I'll always lead my life with kindness. My students have really softened me too and I'm so glad for it. Like I said, And like I, re- I and like I remember Mr. Lujah telling me in my after my life philosophy presentation in my religion class my senior year of high school. I remember everybody was crying around me. I was crying. It was a really hard time in my life. And a lot of things going on. My dad was really sick. We didn't know if he was gonna, you know. Anyways. And I remember Mr. Lujah looking at me and he would be in teary eyed. And I'll, I, I will always remember this. I'll always remember the teacher that told me that my empathy would cripple me, but I also will remember that Mr. Lujah looked at me and with the tears in his eyes, he told me that I'm a great son and that I'm gonna be a good father or a great father. Sorry, I got all choked up there. <laughs> I know that I'm going to be a good dad. If I ever am put in that opportunity, I'm going to be a freaking good dad. Because there are so many dads that I wish that I could just take the place of for a hot second and let, so that those kids could be cared for better. I don't know. Now I'm getting all feelsy and wishy washy. Sorry. Thanks, Billy. Next question from 065. Do you love your future or your past more? What an interesting question. I look forward to my future. I think about my past. And I take a lot of stock in all the things that have happened in my past as information. It's history. Some things I'm proud of, some things I'm not proud of they're a part of me but they're not who they make me as a person now in the present moment as Eckhart Tolle would say in now the power of now the power of now is that that very thing is that you 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 aren't you're not a culmination of your past your past transgressions or your past successes they're just a part of your history they're like the rings of a tree that's why i have that was my very first tattoo is the cross section of a tree it was a recurring symbol when i was keeping a dream journal back in the day when i was a kid my mom used to give me a lot of crap because i used to have a long-winded reason as to why i I got this tattoo. And she said, you, you just need to say that it just is a represent, representation of life. And yeah, it is. But there's more to that, mom. There's more to that. Because what is life? Life is this journey. And just like the journey of a tree, it develops rings. It develops more rings as it gets older and it ages and it gets weathered. And it gets stronger that way as well by creating those new rings. But at the end of the day, some of those rings in the past those rings rather, the inner rings, will always be a part of that tree, but not, not currently who that tree is, not the outer ring of that tree. That's what life is, that's who you are. The rings of a tree indicate all the events in your life, all the people that have been in your life, whether they're there now or that they were there and now they're no longer. People come and go, just like traumas, successes, anything and everything. But that's what life is. And that's why I like that reminder when I look down at my forum and I see that and I say, you know what? I am not a culmination of my past. I am a culmination of who I am now and how I conduct myself now. And all the uh, the rest is history. And it's good, it's information. I need to remember those things. But at the end of the day, it's not about dwelling on that past. It's about knowing my past, understanding my past and moving forward. Because I wanna love the concept of my future. Thank you, 065. From Jedi Master, Master Min Min? I don't know. Well, Jedi Master, the question, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Hmm. Ooh, anger, all the anger. I know that you guys probably expected me to say that, but the anger. I don't know, all the mass shootings, all of this chaos makes me feel like what's the future? Next question from Layman Dude, what's your life motto? Well, you know what? I haven't I haven't thought about this in a while. Live a life worth writing about. It's not my motto, but that's definitely something that I try to live my life as. When I traveled through Ireland and bike tour through Ireland, I remember my motto was to just say yes. To um to G-rated, G-rating, say it, uh, F it. Just do it. It put me into a lot of situations doing the first things for the first time in my life, which was cool. Doing a lot of things for the first time in my life was a very eye-opening experience because it helped me understand that I'm capable of a lot more than I thought I was. You just got to say yes. You just got to F it. Just do it. Shia Buffett. Yesterday you said today. So do it. Thank you, layman, dude. That's all I got to say about that because at the end of the day, just do it. If you feel that hesitation, that's probably more impetus for you to just jump right on in. Just do it. If if you fail, you fail. That's okay. It's like I tell my students, I want you guys to fail in my class. And they're like, gasp. Mr. Connolly, what are you you were like failure? I'm like, uh, listen. I want you to take a chance. I want you to be strong. I want you to be raising your hand, contribute, ask those questions or answer those questions. Put yourself out there, even if you might get it wrong. It's okay. Like I said, it's a safe space, space in my classroom. Safe space because. At the end of the day, if you get it wrong, you get uh, you get it wrong, and then we look at what's right, and then we m- we make uh, what's wrong right, and then we move on, and there you go, and then you see both the right and the wrong, and then there you go. No harm, no foul. Because then, when you get it wrong, then you realize that failure is not that big of a deal. A lot of the time, it's like getting rejected, asking asking someone out. You know what? Sometimes there there's the prospect of getting rejected. I've even talked to my students about this. Like, hey, you know what? Think about this. You know what? To put it into a different perspective, what if you're at the coffee shop and you see a cute guy, a girl, and you keep on making eye contact, maybe with them, maybe subtly. You're not sure. You think they're cute. You never really know if that person ought to want to uh, go out with you if you don't approach them and ask them. Hey, what's the worst? Um, They say no. And then you move on. And that maybe it might seem a little awkward at first and a little embarrassing, but that's okay. In a way, it kind of calluses you to do it again and to iterate and to keep on doing it and to keep on trying, to keep on going. Keep on going. Just do it. Shia LaBeouf. Um... Next question here from Dude Mambroski. what's your definition of success? Well, I could etymologize it real quickly for you, which is what I'm going to do. Success actually comes from the assimilated Latin sub plus cadere, sub meaning, well, it can mean under. It can also mean next to or after sometimes, after more so in this case. Um, and cadere, because typically sub usually means under, like a submarine or subport or support rather, uh, to carry from underneath, right? But sub in this case can also mean after. Sub cadere assimilated into succedere in the Latin, which is a second conjugation verb meaning to follow after, or to come after, because cadere means to go or to move. This is where we get, um, well, secede from. This is where we get succeed. This is where we get successor. This is where we get succession, successive, succinct. These are all these words have the same etymological origins, right? And then if you want to turn that saccadere into a PPP, a perfect passive participle, it would be an advance, successes, um, which would be an advance, a coming up, if you will. And that's what it means, an advancement, essentially, a coming up. And in this case from successes, it assimilated into success in the mid-1500s, I believe, which result, oh, came into the understanding of a result or an outcome, right? but typically with a positive connotation associated with it, like a good success, right? Um, so there you go. Now, in terms of my success, success is its all over the place. I love it. I love success. I love thinking about success because success can mean uh, trying something new, doing something new. Gaining that confidence, success and confidence go hand in hand for me because when you build that confidence, you build that succession as well. And they correlate together and they help to build you in the person because when you are successful, you are proud of yourself. You are confident in yourself to move forward in this life. Next question and last question. What is your purpose in life? Living in the now then future. From living in the now then future. I like your name. My purpose in life um to lead with love, to instruct with love, to imbue my students with the love of learning to imbue my audience with the love of growing and learning new things. We're always wanting to know our purpose, aren't we? Can't say it's 42. Can't say it's six times seven. Can't say any of those things. Can't really even say that what I just said before is really my purpose. Some people are nihilistic, nihil meaning, in Latin, meaning nothing. If you're nihilistic, you really believe in nothing. And that your purpose in life is nothing. There's, no, n- there's nothing associated with a purpose in life. I don't really believe in that. I don't subscribe to that. I don't know. Ask yourself, what, 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 what fulfills you in this life? You know what? I talk about my thankless job as a teacher. The reason why I show up is because I'm a very service oriented person. I know this. That's why teachers are taken advantage of all the time by administration, by taking on external um, you know, duties that they don't need to be taking on and this and that is because they are service oriented. They want to do well for other people and that's why they are still paid so meager amounts And why we have paid professionals living with roommates at the ages of 50 and 60 and 70. Is that they still accept that because they want to put the good out into this world. I truly believe that. You know, there are certain teachers out there that, you know, they just do it. They show up to get them, you know, the paycheck and whatnot. Um, You know, if you're you're that kind of teacher, um, just do yourself a service and quit or something. I don't know. I'm sick of this whole like quiet quitting BS that I've been hearing about because that term itself is stupid because literally what they're saying is that they're just like refusing to do work after they clock out, all right? Also, you know what? I go hand in hand with this where I feel like a lot of people don't want to work nowadays, but then there are a lot of people that that do and they want to put in the, the reps and that they want to get better and they want to... But, um, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm sick of all these people like doing the whole, like, oh, I'm in cling, cling cling I'm just like, I'm, I'm really disenfranchised with a lot of my generation because of, um, you know, I think that we could show up better and we could have a better name for ourselves and we could, we could, we could really not act like the way we do sometimes speaking as a 27 year old. All right. Call me an old soul whatever. I don't care. People tend to do so. I'm an old soul, but I'm also kid hard as well. With that being said, I'm going to leave it there. Thank you for all the questions. And I was able to keep it within the 30 minute, uh, uh segment that I just need to check on here real quickly. So, because I forgot to do my little plug plug. And if you made it all the way here, I would really appreciate some support. Wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, Deputy Tabellana over, help me out. I would really appreciate it. You know, you know I would. Y'all are my friends, remember that. And that even though we don't communicate, we don't talk, I'm sure that if I could all have us all together in a place where we're all just shooting the crap and whatnot, it'd be a really awesome time. So thank you guys. Thank yourselves. And until next time, Tempo Sesta Scattery.